0: Able to physically stand this morning for the reading of the Word of God. We're in 1 uh, Corinthians chapter number 9, and those of you that are visiting today, we've been going through this series called Live It Out, and uh, we've been talking about areas in our lives that only God sees. Today, we're going to talk about this matter of having discipline in our lives because disciples are disciplined, and we need to have some spiritual Disciplines in our lives. A couple of verses here that we'll use as our text this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. You read along with me this morning. The Bible says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. that I myself should be a castaway. And let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Pray that you would bless your word. Use it in our lives today. Help us to understand the disciplines of the disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You know, there's a lot of people in the world that Maybe at one time they believed in orderliness, and they believed in having personal disciplines in their lives, but the longer we live in this world, the culture changes, and you know for yourself that culture has changed drastically. Now there seems to be a rebellion towards any boundaries, and there are those that want their independence from God, and they actually desire to have a life of chaos. As we look at the passage this morning, God allowed Paul, the Apostle Paul, to write these words. There is another book that follows this one called 2 Corinthians. They were two letters written to a church known as the church in Corinth. That church was a Carnal group of believers. Now, to understand, as you study the Word of God, there are three categories of people that you find in the Bible. One, the Bible refers to as the natural man, that is, those that do not know Christ as their Savior, that are still living their lives in sin. As the Bible says, we are all sinners, all have come short of the glory of God. And so you have the natural man, then you have those that are spiritual, meaning that those that are saved, that are allowing the Holy Spirit to control them, to guide them into all truth. But then you have another group of people that the Bible mentions as those that are carnal. Now, these are saved people, but after they got saved, they are still allowing the flesh to dictate in their lives. They're they're not walking in the Spirit, they're walking by the flesh they're allowing the flesh to cause them to make the decisions and choose the things that they choose and it was to these types of people that Paul was writing to they were believers but they were carnal now in order to get across this this thought this morning of the disciplined life that we should live Paul uses an analogy And the analogy that he uses is that of an athletic race, a runner running a race to teach these Corinthian believers the disciplines of the Christian life. Now, I know this growing up that uh, I I played a lot of sports. I was involved in a lot of things. Running was never one of them. Now, I ran to play sports, but I kept it to a minimal as much as I could. I just never was cut out. To be a runner but the analogy that Paul uses here that God gives to him is something that was relevant to those in Corinth because Corinth was the center of the Greek Olympic Games of the day and each of them understood many of these uh, analogies about the race that is set before us as believers each of us as Christians After we got saved, God has a race. Now, I will tell you this, that your race, your life as a Christian, that even though you may see other lanes, you are not running against someone else. You're not running against your spouse. You're not running against your children. You're not running against your brother or sister in Christ. You are running the race that is set before you. Because as we get saved, we enter this race. Now, if we want to finish the race, how many of you want to finish the race? How many of you want to finish the race well? Okay. If we want to finish the race well, the only way that's going to happen is if we develop some Christian disciplines. So notice this morning, as we think about the race, and we think about the disciplined life of a disciple well, notice what the purpose of discipline is. Go back in verse 24, and I want you to see this. The Bible says, as we consider this matter of the discipline life, verse 24, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receive at the prize, so run that you may obtain. In other words, he's talking about Having a purpose. A purpose is something that is an intention. So as we think about this, our purpose is what drives us to make the choices. Uh, One choice you made this morning was to get up and to get ready and come to church. You had an intention. You wanted to be in the house of God. Our lives are shaped by purpose. For instance... If somebody's purpose in life is, I want to be rich, well, how do you become rich? You have to work hard at it. If somebody, in this case, wants to be a good athlete, that means that they're going to have to get up early, and they're going to have to deny the flesh, they're going to have to work out, they're going to have to have a certain diet in their lives, and if they do all of these things, then guess what? They're going to finish their race. They're going to fulfill the purpose because they had the good intentions and they kept them. You see, we need, first of all, to have purpose to run the race that Paul's describing here. We will only run our race honorably if we desire to to think about this ahead of the race. In other words, before the race begins, before we get too far into this matter of the Christian life, when you think about athletes, again, as they're preparing, as they're training, many athletes, they don't eat whatever they want while they're training. I mean, you don't see somebody that has purpose, that wants to run their race, they don't eat junk food the night before the race. They, they're very particular. I mean, I, I, you know, it took me a long time to realize what body mass index was. This body has a pretty big index right here. You know, these people that are walking around, I mean, praise the Lord if that's you, but uh, these people that have zero body fat, I don't get that. I don't understand that. But a lot of that comes from living a disciplined life and about training and having purpose. And listen, runners, they, they, they have to make sure that they're thinking about what they're eating. They, they can't let their minds wander while they're training from the things that would distract them. They've got to focus. A runner, what is he focused on, the finish line? He wants to finish his race, and he has to concentrate all of his efforts on that race. Hebrews 12:1. wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight, every weight, and the sin that does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now you, you look at those, that verse there in Hebrews chapter 12, and it, chapter 12 follows Hebrews chapter 11. And Hebrews chapter 11 is that great hall of faith, it is those who by faith they ran their race. They've already finished their course. So here they are. They're in the stadium now, if I can liken that in the Word of God. They're in heaven and they're leaning over the banisters of heaven. And what are they doing? They're cheering us on that are still running our race. That we would run our race in a way that would be pleasing to God, that we would finish our race. And Paul understood this. He understood that he was in a race. Look what he wrote in those in Philippi. The Bible says in Philippians 3 and verse 7, What things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And do count them but dung that I may win, what's that word? Christ. See, look, if Paul was going to press forward, if you and I are going to press forward, then we're going to have to do what Paul did, and that is to implement some disciplines into our lives. Things that used to matter to Paul, Paul says, look, those things I'm I'm going to give up. They're nothing to me anymore. Well, why would Paul do that? So that he could successfully run the race that he was running for Christ. If we desire to remain in the race, we've got to do the same thing. We've got to live some disciplined lives. We need to lay aside, as it says in Hebrews chapter 12, the weights that does so easily beset us, and we've got to run with patience. You ever see sometimes those runners when they're running races? And there's always those people that jump out to the front. But I like to watch those people that maybe stay in third or fourth place. And they're just pacing themselves. They're running with patience. And you see them come around that last corner. And that person that has been kicking and running as hard as they can to stay out in front of the pack is gassed out. He's barely making it. But that person that has run with patience all of a sudden just runs right on by them and finishes the race well. The Bible tells us that we need to lay aside some things in the Christian life. We're not competing against each other. What we are competing against is the obstacles that come into our lives. And a successful athlete doesn't quit when they run into obstacles. I love it sometimes. Look, I I don't like the fact that when you see a runner, especially like, listen, there is no way that I could ever get this body over a hurdle. You know what a hurdle is when you run, right? I mean, those people that kick their legs up and get over those things, I'm amazed. Because I'd be one of those people that I'd kick my legs up, and then get about halfway up the height of that hurdle, and me and that hurdle would go down face first. But I've seen runners that when they fall, they get right back up. And they get right back in the race. I'm sure you've had some obstacles if you've been running your race. I'm sure things have come into your life that maybe you didn't know was gonna be a part of your race. But see, when obstacles come, a Christian that's running their race doesn't quit when the obstacles come. A successful athlete will stay at it. Look at look what the Bible says again in verse number 24. Two words, I, I don't know if you saw them. The Bible says again, Know ye not that they which run in a race... What's those next two words? Run all. For years I saw those words. And I, listen to me now. I thought... What that meant was that all of us that have entered the race, that everyone's running. Can I tell you, that's not what God has said here in this verse. Those two words are great words. Because here's what they literally mean. That the runner that has entered the race, that began your life in Christ, what it literally is talking about here is that it means to run the whole race. It's easy to quit, but God says, look, I want you, even when the obstacles come, I want you to keep running your race. I want you to run the whole race. I don't want you to stop short. I know things have happened, but listen, God says, I just want to encourage you this morning that they which run in a race run all. Spiritual discipline is a way that you and I need to focus our efforts on the race. Disciplines in our lives matter. Say, so, pastor, what kind of discipline should I have? Bible reading, prayer, being a witness for the Lord, giving to the, to the work of the ministry. I mean, folks, listen, there are disciplines, and if you're like me, hey, listen, all of us from time to time miss a day reading our Bible. All of us struggle many times with our prayer life. Many Christians never witness for the Lord. They never tell anybody how God loves them and Jesus died for their sins. But these are disciplines that we need to have in our lives. And the purpose of discipline is to run the race. But then he mentions something else, and I want you to see it in verse 24. He says here, Know ye that know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. Now, what is he saying here? That you might win. No runner is going to get into a race or compete in something. That's the whole reason that you're in the race, is because you want to win. I mean, winning is fun. And when, look, we are in a race and we need to run in such a way so as to be able to win. There's always going to be a prize at the end of the race. And in the Corinthian era, it's not at all like today, but in the Corinthian era, the prize that they would get would be a wreath that was made out of olive branches that they would place on the head of those that participated. Today it might be medallions, it might be trophies. But you know, today the goal in our lives is, yes, that we are to run the race. But here's the best part is, when you think about the purpose, it is to obtain the prize or to obtain the goal. And what is the goal? That we might win Christ. That's what God wants us to do that we might win him, that we might be more like him. That's the goal of the Christian life, is to win Christ. We want to obtain Christ-likeness. The Bible tells us that we are to be conformed to the image of his own dear son. Look at these verses with me in Philippians chapter 3. Yea, doubtless, Paul writes, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is found is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. When you look at those verses and you consider the Christian life, when we see a winner, we have to know, I mean, if you've ever studied it or been a part of it, you have to know that those disciplines in their lives did not start the morning of that competition, that it began long before that. And the Bible says in Romans 8, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, a lot of people say, well, there you go right there. God know, God's only saves certain people. That's not what that verse is saying. That's not even in the context there. What God is saying is that those that are saved, it has always been God's desire is that we who are saved would be conformed, that we would be like Christ, which is why the Bible uses the word that they were first called Christians in Antioch, which basically means that we are to be like Christ. You, this morning, and every day of your life, you are to be like Jesus. In your temperament, in your spirit, in your love. See, when you win Christ, that means that you are allowing the Lord to work through your life. To obtain the goal. Are you exercising Spiritual discipline in your life to be more like Jesus. I hope you are. This world needs to see more, more about Jesus. Do you want to win the prize? Are you looking forward, everybody raised their hand, you wanted to fin- finish your race. And then when I asked you wanted to finish it well and you raised your hand for that. The question is, are you looking forward to the finish line? are you looking forward to it? Our attitude, your attitude and mine will determine our actions and our outlook will determine our outcomes. See, the purpose, discipline is one thing, but we've got to have a purpose when it comes to discipline. Notice the practice of discipline, and this is where we might have a certain mindset, but do you have discipline in your life are you practicing? Look at verse twenty five again. Here's what he says. Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Paul writes, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so run I, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I have Preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. Now, he starts this by the statement here, striveth for the mastery. That, that phrase kind of arrested my attention as I, I was spending time preparing for the message, and I, I began to study, and it deals with this matter of to enter a contest, but watch this, to enter a contest or to contend with Adversaries. Kind of interesting the wording. Now, it's a choice for you and I to participate. Now, we get saved, but we have to participate in this race. And although every Christian is to run their race, not all continue. Remember those two words, run all. Not everybody keeps in the race, not everybody keeps living the Christian life. Many quit the race because they don't want to contend with the adversary. Peter wrote it this way, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfastly in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So when Paul is writing here in 1 Corinthians chapter number nine, he's describing this Christian race that we're in, and the disciplines, and how we need to be practicing those disciplines, he gives us three disciplines that we need to practice in our lives. Notice the first one in verse 25, he says that we must be temperate in all things. Now, the word temperate means self-controlled. It speaks of setting aside things that would be harmful in our lives as we compete, as we run our race. Have you come to the place where the only thing that you want in your life is what God wants in your life? Because that is so important for us. Uh, Many get up early and they'll go to the gym and some uh, honestly will spend many years of their life pursuing their to further their education and there's nothing wrong with that, but can we exercise temperance in our lives? In other words, can we get up and seek God's face Every day in our Bible study, in our prayer time, look, many today are spiritually lukewarm. They're not seeking the face of God. Do you know more about your favorite team today or the Word of God? A lot of times we're very excited about the things of this world, but as Christians, our habits and our actions are things that should be disciplined so that we can run and we can run well so that others around us, as Paul writes here, that they won't stumble because of what we're doing in our race. We may need, to, like Paul said, we may need to set aside some things, things that may not be sinful, but they might be things that could hurt others. Now, this is where you get into Christian liberty. Now, look at Romans fourteen twenty It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy, what's that next word? Brother stumbleth. He says, or is offended, or is made weak. Say, well listen, I, I wasn't doing anything bad. You're missing the point. The Bible says we need to be temperate in how many things? All things. See, if I'm a Christian, I'm running my race, I've got to understand that the way I'm running my race, listen to me, the way I'm running my race is going to affect those that are running around me, that are watching my life. I need to be self-controlled. I need to make sure that I'm not causing others around me to stumble or be offended or to be made weak. Being temperate in all things means Abstaining from distractions that would keep us from doing the work of God. So Paul says one practice of discipline is we've got to be temperate, self-controlled in all things. But notice the second practice is, he says in verse 26, we must be purposeful in all things. Look at the verse, verse 26, I therefore so run, now watch this, Not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Now, he's describing this race, and he says here that I'm not running uncertainly, or in other words, I'm not running my life aimlessly. I've got a purpose to my life. You ask people sometimes, especially young people, when they're getting ready to graduate from school, Hey, what are you going to do when you graduate? I don't know. Are you going to go to college? I don't know. Are you dating anybody? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know if you're dating somebody? But you know, I've been around a lot of people, a lot of Christians. And they've been saved for many years. And you can ask them some of the very same questions. What's your purpose for your life? I don't know. I don't know. Paul says, look, I'm not running my race uncertainly, aimlessly. I have a purpose. Paul says, I'm running this race on purpose. There was meaning. Behind all the choices that Paul made, all the decisions that he made, look at what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 19. For though I be free from all men, listen to what he says, yet have I made myself, look at that word, servant unto who? Unto all. Now why would he do that? That I might gain the more. And under the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ. That I might gain them that are without law to the weak, became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some." Paul says, look, I've got a purpose for my life. And the purpose of his life, his disciplined life, was not only that he, listen to this, not only that he would know Christ, but that others around him, as he ran with purpose, that they too could come to know Christ also. You see, Paul says, some of those disciplines, if you're going to run, and you're going to run well, you're going to finish your race, he says you've got to be temperate, controlled. He says, secondly, you've got to run with purpose. But notice 20, verse 27. The other d- discipline that we see that we need to be practicing is we must be controlled in all things. Now look at this verse, verse 27. He says here, I keep under, under my body and bring it, my body, into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others that I myself should be a castaway. Paul says, keep under my body. He's talking about bringing his body into subjection. He's, t- he's literally talking about making his body a slave. Disciplined life demands that our flesh would be brought into subjection. Paul was testifying that he was willing to go through pain, he was willing to go through rejection for the sake of having an effective life. We have the ability in our lives to either help or to hurt the cause of Christ. I think of many that have gone on before us, John Huss, was a man that was used greatly by God. And John Huss, of course, had Bible-based convictions. And John Huss was, was basically trying, they were trying to force him to recant his convictions, especially his conviction on salva- salvation by faith alone in Christ. And because John Huss would not recant of his convictions, he was burned at the stake. John Bunyan was in prison for 12 years because he refused to stop preaching the Word of God. These men and many others, they were men and women of spiritual disciplines. They were were individuals that were determined to stand up, stand up for Jesus in their day. God used them to lead many to Christ in their generation, see, a committed Christian will not allow the flesh to control their life. The Bible says again, and we shared this last week Ephesians 5 18, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. Allow the Spirit to control you. Either you're living a life that's being controlled by the flesh, as Paul was writing to these carnal Christians or you are living a life that is being controlled by the Spirit of God. The purpose of discipline is so that we can finish our race. And the practice of discipline is to keep our bodies under the submission of the Holy Spirit of God. So we see the purpose and we see the practice of discipline, but notice the prize of discipline. Now, a lot of times we think about this. What if I run this race, if I, if I practice discipline in my life and I, I try to keep a controlled life and I, I try, to, try to make it in my life to where I'm keeping my body in subjection to the Holy Spirit of God, well, I'm going to tell you this morning that the prize of discipline is not heaven. You see, whether you're disciplined or not, if you are saved... Guess what the Bible says? You already have eternal life. Whether you're disciplined or not, you already have eternal life according to the Word of God. But the way that we live on this earth will have eternal ramifications. How you're living your life, how you're running your race, and at the end of that race, there is going to be an award ceremony that you and I that are saved will be at. And for the Christian, the Bible calls that the judgment seat of Christ. Now, it's at this judgment seat that we're going to receive the prize for life's disciplines, or should I say, the lack thereof. Because either we will receive the rewards or we will not receive those. Notice, I, I see the destination that Paul is describing he also mentions in the book of Romans chapter 14 that we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ for it is written as I live it, say the Lord every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God folks listen our works do not save us it is only uh, our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood But according to the word of God, our works on earth do have a bearing on our rewards. In Corinth, this is uh, Paul's writing to these people, and they understood that at the end of the race that there would be a a, a reward ceremony and that some would receive wards and some of them sadly didn't receive those. But what's interesting is this, that unlike today when you see in the Olympics, They give out the gold and the silver and the bronze to the first, second, and third place. What's interesting about the way God gives this race is this that everyone that runs the race and runs all, they finish the race. Everyone that participated and finished receives the reward. But there are a lot of people that quit the race. We see the Word of God talking here about this matter of participating according to the rules. And at the judgment seat of Christ, again, some will receive those. And as we stand there, the question this morning is this. Will you stand there empty-handed? Will you receive the rewards? Look what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 in our notes. If any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, Every man's work. Notice that we're not saved by our work, but all of what we do, how we run our race, all does come into play at the judgment seat. And every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, in other words, if it goes through the fire and it comes out on the other side. That's what it means by if it abides. Well, think about this. He said gold, silver, precious stones. And then he said wood, hay, and stubble. What happens to wood, hay, and stubble when you put it in the fire? It's gone. Now, some of those metals would melt or melt down, but the metal is still there. Turns into liquid form and turns back into something solid when it's taken out of the fire. You see, so many people live their lives for things that don't matter. And Paul says, look, those things I count but lost. He says, those things don't matter. He said, I wanna live a disciplined life so that everything I do, I'm doing it for the Lord. He says, listen, someday, we all understand this, you can't take it with you when you go. Job said, naked came I into this world and same way I'm gonna leave it. And so I understand this morning, Only what's done for Christ will last. So as he says here, look at it again. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now listen. There is comfort in the fact to know, as we say around here at our church, because it's what the Bible teaches, one saved, always saved. You can't lose your salvation. You know why? Because you never saved yourself. God saved you. But when you study the Word of God, here's what you find is, is that there is going to come a day where we're all going to stand as believers before the Lord, And you ought to be glad you're standing at the judgment seat of Christ and not the great white throne judgment, which is where all the unbelievers will stand before God and then they will be cast out into eternity, forever separated from the Lord. But the Bible says there's going to come a time where we're either going to receive a reward or we are going to suffer loss. Everything in our life, your life and mine, is going to be revealed by fire at this Bema seat, this judgment seat, all will be made known. And this will surely bring, as I think about it, it will bring shame to many because of the fact that they will see their entire life's work go up in flames. They'll be left with nothing. Are you seeing this morning that even though Paul uses the analogy of a race, you've got to think about the end of it. You see, when you think about that, are you still excited about the finish line? Are you still looking forward? Because like so many of us, if we're not living for the Lord, if we're not practicing disciplines in our lives we may not have that reward that god desires for us to have the bible says in ecclesiastes 12 verse 14 god shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing whether it be good or whether it be evil luke 8:17 nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest neither anything hid that shall not be made known and come abroad. For the disciplined Christian, can I tell you this? Look here. If you're living the Christian life, you're running your race the way God wants you to run it, you're practicing discipline in your life, there's a purpose for living the Christian, then guess what? You're excited about the judgment seat of Christ. You're looking forward to that day when you'll stand before the Lord and you'll receive that reward. But I want you to see not only the destination, but the declaration. Second Corinthians 5:10, Again, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in His body. According to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Those Corinthian participants, those runners. They received those wreaths of olive. Listen, I, uh, from time to time, I'll buy flowers for my wife. What happens to flowers over the course of time? They wither and die, don't they? What do you think happened to those Corinthian wreaths that they received? They, they wilted too. But when I think about what Paul's describing here, our eternal rewards, they don't wither. They last for all of eternity. It's going to be an exciting thing when you think about our desire, listen, should be to hear just two words from the Lord. Do you know what they are? Well done. Well done. Matthew 25, his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, for thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into, look at the word, the joy of the Lord. If we purpose to run well, and we purpose to practice spiritual disciplines in our lives, then here's what's going to happen is, we'll have no regrets when we reach the finish line. I mean, this is coming from a man that understood this. Because Paul wasn't running for something that was corruptible. He was running for that which is incorruptible. Something that only God can give to us, that we someday will be able to lay at the feet of Jesus. Paul ended his race And as he finished his life, he was anticipating meeting the righteous judge, the Lord himself. And Paul, as he lived his life and ran his race, he had no regrets. You know why? Because he had lived a disciplined life. Look what he writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4. He says, for I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I finished my course I have kept the faith, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge shall give me at that day, and not to me only. Paul says, look, this isn't just for me because I wrote some books in the New Testament and because God called me to preach and because I did this and because I've accomplished all this. Paul says, not to me only, but to all them also that love his appearing. The Christian life, folks, it's not a hundred yard dash. The Christian life, it's a marathon. It's a race that God has set us in when we got saved. And the question this morning is this, will you exercise spiritual discipline in your life? Will you and will I keep the faith and finish our course with joy? Would you bow your heads with me this morning? As we think about the message, we think about Do you have purpose? Paul certainly had purpose in his life. He was running his race that God had set before him. Are you running to obtain the goal? Remember, the goal is not to get some trophy or medallion. The goal is to win Christ. And it's going to take discipline. You've got to be practicing discipline. Be temperate, self-controlled have purpose. What about the prize? Are you looking forward to the day when you're going to stand before the Lord? I wonder this morning, how many of you, because you've had a time in your life that you put your faith in Christ and you've trusted in Christ and Christ alone, how many of you say, Pastor, based on the scriptures, I know because I've been saved that I will stand before the Lord one day at the judgment seat of Christ. Can you raise your hand? As a testimony, I'm saved and I know for sure that I'm going to heaven someday. That's a wonderful sight. You can put those down. I wonder with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, no one's looking around this morning. I wonder this morning, as you have heard this message from 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, about once we're saved, we begin this race, the Christian life. But see, you have to be saved to get into the race. If you're here this morning and you've never had a time that you have received Christ as your Savior, you've realized that you were a sinner and that Jesus died for your sins. By faith, you're trusting in him Him alone. You've not had a time that you've done that. But God has been speaking to you this morning. You want to be a part of the kingdom of God one day. You want to spend all of eternity with the Lord. The only way you can do that, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The only way you can go to heaven is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Why put it off any longer? God's word is clear. And if God is speaking to you this morning about this matter of trusting him as your savior, then why don't you do that today? Receive Christ, who is the gift of God. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, I'm going to have a word of prayer, and then we're going to give an invitation. This is an opportunity for you to respond to the message, to come forward. You're coming to the Lord this morning and saying, Lord, I acknowledge that I I need you in my life. I'm tired of trying to live my life my way. I realize I can't go to heaven without you. Before I pray this morning, I wonder, would you raise your hand this morning, and acknowledge, Pastor, I'm not saved. I've never trusted Christ, but I want to do that today. Would you slip your hand up this morning? Pastor, I want to be saved today. Would you raise your hand, and I'll have a word of prayer in just a moment. You don't know for sure, just slip your hand up. You can put it right back down. Lord, I pray that you bless this invitation. If there is someone this morning that needs to be saved, Lord, I pray that they would come. Help us as Christians to not live in the flesh but to live by the spirit of God help us to run our race and to run it well to finish what you began in us in Jesus name we pray would you